0: And we're back
1: all right master james
0: master joseph how are you i'm great looking forward to our conversation yeah as always and i want to jump right into this one it's the topic on my mind is around desire and vedanta's relationship with desire and i thought maybe we'd start with what is our relationship with desire today and and maybe obviously this is maybe a generality but our conventional relationship with desire mm-hmm. seems so strange um but ubiquitous and and it's like we we have a culture that really encourages desire mm-hmm. even our religion mm-hmm. it's like you know pray for what you want mm-hmm it's in many t- ways it's not follow god it's tell god you know, follow me i will you help me mm-hmm. with this so could you tell us a little bit about vedanta's relationship with desire and then our conventional relationship with it
1: yeah so first of all desire is a strong flow of thoughts between oneself and any object or being gross or subtle it could be a desire for respect it doesn't it's not necessarily a desire for you know a piece of cake uh it could be a desire for being understood being right or whatever the case may be but any time there's a thought flow in the direction of Let's call it objects and beings, you know, subtle or gross. Uh, That's a desire. So, uh, all desire springs from a sense of lack, from a sense of void, a sense of incompleteness. Mm. There's an incompleteness, there's a void, there's a... There's a hole to fill, out of which the mind sends thoughts into the external world to try to fill that void, <clears throat> which never works. Never works permanently. It may work temporarily. You may uh, temporarily gain some satiation or satisfaction from name, fame, power, position, status, money, family any achievements of any kind, getting the good wave we got today, whatever that case may be. Um, But that all desire is rooted in a sense of incompleteness, a sense of uh, lack, which going all the way back to the root of Vedanta is itself a, a product of ignorance. The idea that I am not the infinite consciousness, the idea that I am not full, the idea that I am not directly and myself complete in and of myself, Vedanta says is ignorance. It's just ignorance. So the whole process of gaining knowledge of that self, gaining knowledge of your true infinite nature, that's what Vedanta is all about right and not joseph's complete but who you really are yeah is yeah, complete your true nature your mm. nature which we call the self capital s in sanskrit atman brahman it says that's what you are you are infinite eternal pure consciousness which is purna is one of the words it uses it means completely full all full mm. There's no lack in it, in your true nature. You have no lack, actually. But ignorance of ourself makes us feel that we have a lack. And because we have a lack, the mind starts going out into the world, as it were, begging for satisfaction. So uh, it's very literally everyone is, as Emerson said... God playing the fool. Actually, I think the full quote is "Man is divinity in disguise." God playing the fool. Mm. This is Emerson. So, if you want to make it different, you could say you can sit on a bench here in Santa Monica and watch everybody walk by on the outside on the the uh, the beach, and just imagine that it's not even imagining; it's true. Every one of us is the Buddha. We all are. Buddhas walking around, begging at the doors of perceptions and emotions and thoughts to try and give us this completeness, which we already are. Mm. It's just insane. I mean, from, so from the master's point of view, from the, the great masters of Vedanta, the ancient rishis, the sages and seers and the saints of this tradition, they're saying, just wake up. You don't need to be running around chasing perceptions and emotions and thoughts for you already are everything you want. Your own self is itself and directly the the supreme brahman. It is a self-cognizing entity. Because it is self-cognized.
0: What do you mean by self-cognized?
1: It is a entity that itself knows itself. And is complete. So not only is it complete, but you don't even need anything else to realize it. It realizes itself. It's that complete. It's not like a, it, it can't be known by anything else other than itself. Mm. It's, it's self-cognized. And it's the, the and there is no other thing that can know it, mm. what it is, other than yourself. Yourself alone knows yourself.
0: It's like light is invisible until it has something to bounce off of it. Even light need something as massive as the sun needs. Right. Something
1: to reflect yes. its light. Yes, yes, yes. So this
0: doesn't need anything to reflect. It's
1: self-cognizing. It's self-illuminated, self-cognizing. Um, it is yourself. You are that. Pat This is the highest truth, Vedanta. That thou art, that's you. And that, uh, that thing, when it's known, that's, that, that consciousness, that state of being, is so completely full that those who have realized it instantly have no desire. They're instantly free of desire. Just like uh, a person who, uh, a dreamer in the dream state, is dreaming and has a full dream world and dream important things to finish and plans and family and ashrams and drama, drama and, 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 and uncertainty. You know, all the same things we have in the dream that we have in the waking state and things that are not finished and things that we, gotta, we feel like we got to complete and then I can rest and all that stuff. The moment you wake up, it's all gone. There's no desire for anything in the dream. You simply don't think about it. Maybe mm-hmm. for a few seconds you'd lay there in bed and you're like, oh, that was weird. It's uh, so
0: true. And then it's just gone. This morning mm-hmm. I remember waking up and I had seen someone I hadn't seen in years. In a dream. In the dream. And hadn't hadn't left it on the best terms and just mm. wondered I wonder what they think of me, because I, I didn't I I I didn't think very highly of how they had acted mm-hmm. and there was still some desire of like i wonder mm-hmm. what type of dynamic will exist with this mm-hmm. with this person and myself and and there was yeah desire and a real in real genuine interest in how's this gonna go mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then Gone. woke up yeah and thought about it for a second maybe yeah. maybe five seconds yeah and yeah. then uh and i was like wow that was so powerful i felt it every emotion yeah that was was felt and wasn't real i'm not going to get any uh i don't know closure on whatever that was Mm. onto the rest of my day and it's like it never happened in that
1: Mm. exactly like that so the one who atmanyevatmana satisfied in the self by the self is a description of a self-realized soul Prajahati Yadakama Sarvan Parta Manogatan means when there are no desires in the mind, there are no thoughts moving in the mind. And Atmanyevatmana and one is satisfied in the self by the self. That's a self realized person, that's an enlightened person, that's a Buddha. That's a god not playing the fool. That's a god being God conscious. That's that's a that's an awakened person. That person cannot have desire. They, it, not the way we understand it. They, they have no sense of lack. It's compared to uh, all the rivers pouring into the ocean and the ocean stays the same. Think of the amount of water pumping into the oceans every day from the Nile, from the Mississippi, from the Amazon, from the Yellow, from the, Gan- from the Ganges, from so many rivers around the world and the ocean stays the same. I mean, I know the ice caps and all that, but for a long time, all these rivers pouring into the ocean, the oceans exactly the same, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so you can't add anything to infinity. Mm-hmm. So they can't. They they have no desire. So anyway, that's that side of it. When we don't have that self aware awareness, don't have that Atma Buddha, don't have that uh, self knowledge. When we don't have it, when there's a lack, the mind naturally starts going into the world from that void to fill it in various ways, and it goes according to whatever your personality is. So, uh, for me, I might start checking Surfline and wondering where the surf is tomorrow, and you know, whatever, <laughs> buying tickets to India and doing what I do. You may do similar things. Um, and For sure. some checking other checking
0: in on investments, seeing what I could be doing, should be doing. Yeah. It's different. also just taking stock in a conversation. Am I being listened to? Mm-hmm. Oh, that totally. Mm-hmm. In fact, that's something that, that listeners can look forward to is, is really trying to allay that concern of my mm-hmm. being listened to. Mm hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Right, so desires really subtle like that. Like, am I right? Do people think I'm right? Um, there's desire upon desire upon desire. We're just making it simple for the sake of discussion. But you're what you're talking about is obviously a very subtle thing that can overlay and distort, and even just if nothing else, just distract and mess with your perception of mm-hmm. what's actually happening uh, at any given moment. You know,
0: self sabotage. Highest order,
1: yeah, happens mm. all the time. So again, those who are more evolved, and it it makes it sound like a alien movie or something. When we, it's not evolved, like they have different DNA. For people that have more objectivity, who mm. have uh, relieved, uh, grown out of some of these these lower impulses, more of their intellect is available to register just what's going on in the world around them, just to understand better what's happening around them, you know? So even if it, that there's even just practical benefits of it, of having less unfulfilled desires running in your mind at any given time. It's like defragging a computer, you know? I don't think you have to do that anymore. But anyway, you know, um, we used to have to do that on early days. Oh, I
0: didn't. His first job was repairing computers.
1: Oh, you know better and, than me.
0: But yeah, that's that's <laughs> those that unfulfilled. I remember you in a previous episode describing stress as mental agitation caused by unfulfilled desire and that stress also being a mechanical term of just being pulled in multiple directions. Hmm. So sure. you have a goal of I really want people to listen to the wisdom of Joseph and then this subversive goal of am i being listened to am i worth listening to did what i just say makes mm. and then it completely gets into a knot
1: yeah or just or just limits our perception mm. you can be on a wave and be worried about you know um whether that guy other guy in the lineup is seeing you ride or like how do you compare to the guy who just kicked out of the wave in front of you or is there a better one in the in the mm-hmm. set did, right. I, did i catch the er, the wave did i paddle too early and you fall or you just don't enjoy it you don't even look you know like you don't even mm-hmm. i think my second wave today I, I made a good conscious attempt to like look back at the wave and like see how the water moves on the tail and like look up up the face like there's so much to do just to enjoy the the wave you're on mm-hmm. re- literally and and metaphorically uh, so desire interrupts and inhibits all of that. It mm-hmm. warps all of that. It literally warps our perception. It's uh, it's like uh, something on your glasses you need to you know wipe off. Mm. So we're not saying don't have Vedanta is not saying don't. Ultimately, yes, it is saying get to the state of desirelessness. No doubt, Vedanta says that. But Practically speaking, it says, okay, for now, have some goals, have some aims, have some ambitions, have some plans and programs, something to give structure to your life. And then just play, just play the game, just play life. Like, okay, I've got a general plan. I don't know exactly what's going to happen. I don't know what the, whether there'll be success or not success. I don't know. And start acting. With that clarity, without allowing desire to interrupt the present moment, you know. So Swami often says, our guru Swami Parthasarathy always says, um, never let your present happiness be dependent upon some future acquisition. It doesn't mean don't aim to have a future acquisition. It just means don't allow the present right now thing to be messed up by uh, some future goals right now is great in some ways and not great in other ways and so will the next now also be and the now after that mm-hmm. and everyone talks about being in the now and all that being present but how to do it is is less often talked about mm-hmm. and it's only done by the intellect governing the mind which is a flow of desires the mind is desires it's it's compared to the water in the river which listeners will be familiar with that metaphor by now? Mm-hmm. The water is flowing in the river, and the the intellect is the banks, guiding it.
0: The and water is the mind.
1: The water is the mind. Powerful, powerful mind, but yeah.
0: a few banks can can govern it, it and direct
1: it, and uh, and that's fine. The, the problem is, in terms of how we relate to desire, is. The traffic of life will always be driven by desire. Any action of any kind, good, bad, or indifferent is driven by a desire. Desire precedes all action, period. Any mm. action you see, you understand there's a desire in that mind. Mm. That you, you can't see the mind, but you can see the action. Uh, that's the, there's a desire. So there will always be a desire, no doubt, uh, driving the action. But, It doesn't have to destroy our our state of being or our ability to perform or our ability to even enjoy the life that we want to live. So, and then, you know, if desire is allowed to go amok, if it's allowed completely free reign, then we get into real trouble and can get into real trouble of various types of ways that the, the desire modifies desire modifies into anger perhaps when it's interrupted or jealousy when somebody else gets what we want someone else gets that wave that wave we saw today and those two guys three guys got in that wave and I just said, "Oh my God, that wave is look, it looks so good." It was a great wave, you know, And there's no chance that all three were going to fall. So I just had to give up and let him ride it. And jokingly to myself and you heard me say, mm-hmm. I said, "This is an opportunity to be happy for other people." Mm-hmm. <laughs> I must admit I was, I was putting in effort because I was like, mm-hmm. "Damn it, you know I want mm-hmm. that. that wave looks so good, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, jealousy. Matsaria. It's the second chapter of the Gita he talks about the ladder of fall and the the way that desire if allowed to run without governance can go through these various modifications. Anger, greed, jealousy um, can lead to delusion, can lead to lack of memory meaning you don't even remember it's like I don't know who I was. I don't know mm. why I was doing that. And can all the way take you to self-destruction nashat pranasyati when the buddhi is gone everything in other words when the mind completely wins the desire completely takes over you could destroy yourself literally you are destroyed when the buddhi is completely um the intellect yeah the intellect is completely overwhelmed by the by the desires in the mind so most of us don't get into that level of it most of the time i'm sure most we've all had our moments or are like, whoa, man, I got away with that. Um, good thing I'm still alive. But um, uh, it doesn't have to get that far. If we are able to govern and guide desire instead of uh, being victimized by it.
0: <clears throat> Nearly every Shakespearean tragedy, as we've chatted about before, it's one decision. Yeah. And then there's that, that ladder of fall, that doom loop. to where it descends into everyone's dead at the end the i would love to ask you to to recast it it sounds like you're saying desire is a strong thought flow yes and that which is uh, such a great subtle but powerful way of describing it as it's not it's not an object to behold it's not uh, it's not something to even just get rid of completely because it actually could be used powerfully for your own evolution Mm -hmm. um, until you can, like you said, uh, ultimately yes to get rid of it, but it is just strong thought flow. Mm -hmm. So desire of uh, the higher, a higher ideal can be extremely powerful Mm -hmm. desire of uh, lower. It's going to be extremely powerful as well, but a strong thought flow, which is also so, connected to what you're saying of it distorts and warps what you can perceive it you know if it was eight degrees in this room right now could everything else could be the same mm-hmm. and the desire for it to be 72 would warp mm-hmm. my conversation with you
1: yeah definitely mine
0: and then this ladder of fall would love to uh touch on that and then also i could hear i could hear a listener ask just in my head uh, ask okay so what about a self-realized soul there's still there's still action there right um how do you how do you answer that where they say well there is action so there must be desire or oh so and so's this realized soul might be reaching for
1: water right is that is that not desire right they don't walk through walls they don't Step off of cliffs and stuff. Mm. The self-realized soul is one who's free of desire. That's the definition. Uh in all traditions. Empty thyself, you shall be filled. Uh life is suffering. There is an end to suffering. The end to suffering is through reduction, elimination of desire. This is Buddhism. They all mm. all the, the traditions point towards a state of desirelessness. Uh, as I described uh this fifty fifth verse of chapter Two of the Gita Krishna, which is one of the key texts in the Vedantic tradition, the Bhagavad Gita and in, in fact is two years of the syllabus at Vedanta Academy where we study with swamiji um so it, this is a principal um concept in in this tradition that self realization is when even in the yoga tradition, he says, yoga, chitta vritti, nirodha. Chitta is mind stuff. Vritti is agitations. Nirodha is cessation. Yoga, according to Patanjali's yoga sutras, like the, the book with all the, the poses, the asanas, that book, he describes there yoga as the cessation of mental agitations, meaning no more desires. Hmm. Done. There's no movement anymore so then how is a self-realized person walking around how is it that they're putting one foot in front of the other why are they raising a spoon to their mouth to feed themselves why you know it it seems a contradiction so to which number one vedanta and all these traditions but vedanta specifically says the state of self-realization is the self the self the supreme being the pure consciousness the absolute, whatever word you want to use, is a, is a state of being. It's not something that you or I experience. It is a state of being. There's no two in it. It's a state of self-cognized perfection um, that is uh, absolutely free of desire. Um, so then how is it that they're functioning? It says, first of all, that state is inconceivable. That state is achintya. That state is, it's something we can't understand with the intellect. So first of all, it sounds like a cop-out for me to say, like, sorry, you can't understand. Um, but that's just the definition. One of the definitions of the self is that it is veda anta. It is beyond knowledge, which is the whole subject. So we can't understand what that is. So what those masters who have realized the self have said is that there are some desires in us that can only be exhausted by experience. They are not subject to governance by the intellect. There are certain vasanas. Vasanas is a a Sanskrit term that means the seed of desire. So... There are certain vasanas, certain desires. Take it as certain desires that you have to go through in this life, or you won't die. You can fall off the biggest building and you'll land on something soft. You won't, um, if you're if those particular type of desires are not exhausted. And this, I don't know if we've ever covered this on YFYI, but it's a bit much. And if I'd, no, I don't think yeah. we. Not, no, this is great. Yeah, so but it's okay. It's all explained in Vedanta Treatise. If anybody really wants the technical details of per, of this type of desire and all the various types of desires, it's there written about in Vedanta Treatise, The Eternities, which is Swami's great book. Swami Partsarati's great book. But anyway, there are these desires that... If uh, you
0: DM us and mention this episode, I'll send you one for free.
1: Dang. There you go. So um in fact there's quite a few there so that'll be great um mm.
0: uh i'll package it up and take it to usps myself with a little note for you
1: that's that's a great thing man you mm. might get some dms all right folks james is offering Vedanta treatises for anyone who mentions this episode
0: yeah every every few episodes i'm going to start layering in these little things I for like the, it first come first it, serve
1: this is cool so um there are certain desires that you must go through in this life by experience. They cannot be grown out of with knowledge. They cannot be understood through, as it were. You can't uh, do, do anything except experience them to get, to get rid of them. Uh, so, Also, when they go, you're gone. These are both true when those, when those particular desires, they determine also how long your life is as it were. Now, whether it means in time or whether it means in numbers of experiences, if you ask me, I really don't know. And now we're getting into the weeds, but I, I don't know the answer. To be mm-hmm. honest, I've heard different people say different things, but There's there's certain number take it a certain number of experiences that you have to go through in this life. When they're gone, you die, and you will not die until they're gone. Um, those particular desires, even the self-realized soul, as long as they're alive, they tell us, still possesses those desires, by definition. But they deal with those desires, the desires of their the limited personality that we see, they deal with those desires as you would deal with someone as, someone's desires on the other side of town. They have nothing to do with it. They see that they're like, "Oh, okay, the personality needs a glass of orange juice." Okay, let, let go get the personality a glass of orange juice, as it were. Oh, interesting. They're completely other than that. They're they're apart. From okay,
0: them. the personality wants to write a book. Okay,
1: yeah, Peranda. Let's,
0: let's help the personality write. Yeah. A commentary. Right. Or a book.
1: Yeah. So Ramatirtha, the great saint who is, you know, very much in our lineage in the sense that Swamiji's, uh, he is a, a great disciple, I would say, of Swami Ramatirtha, even though he never actually met, met him. Swami Ramatirtha, who was self-realized, he was an enlightened master. He would introduce, he would talk about himself in the third person. So he you you'd meet him and say, Hey Swami, how are you? Rama walked on the mountains today. <laughs> Rama mm-hmm. went to America last month. Rama has been well, James. And you're like, Whoa, no, but how are you? Rama's well. You know, it's like imagine if i start talking like that you know or you start talking like that if i call you I'm like what's up man what's going on bro let's go surf and you're like, james is just awoken he's having breakfast okay dude let's go have <laughs> well I, I like to
0: think i know him a little bit better i give him nickname like j-bone j-bone mm-hmm. yeah be like familiarity
1: j-bone's surfed already yesterday <laughs> he's, he's good j-bone's got some meetings mm-hmm. so but it's it's really like that you you they tell us They're, i haven't
0: heard this Really? This aspect of it. I think we, maybe we've, we've touched on it, but there's a, a deeper appreciation for mm. this other identification. Mm-hmm. Just like
1: to, to connect it to what we were talking about earlier, imagine if in some weird way you as the waker could re-enter the dream.
0: Mm. Like, oh.
1: You'll be in like the avatar of your dreamer or, or whatever, but you know that you're not that. You're walking around like it's a dream. You know it is. This is how they describe it. Uh, Another way they, well, the way Swamiji puts it is he says it's like imagine you have a car going down the highway at, you know, 80 miles an hour. And uh, you switch everything off. You turn the key off, and I don't even know if it's possible in cars to do that, but you know whatever. I'm at you know back in the day. Back in the day, turn off a car. It probably didn't let you do it now, but turn off a car, pull the key out. It doesn't stop. It's not a Tesla. It doesn't stop just because you take your foot off the thing. You know, mm-hmm. it keeps going. From the car's point of view, nothing's happening. There's no electricals. There's no gas pumping. There's no pistons firing. There's no axle turning. Nothing. There's no effort at all. There's zero movement for the car, within the car. The car itself, the, the core is absolutely still. Absolutely motionless. Nothing there from its point of view. But you see it going down the road. So they, when, uh, when the self-realized people are... Um, you know, I've seen Swamiji... Uh, asked this question many times where people are like, but Swamiji, I see you walking, you know, I see you here. He goes, I'm not here. Openly. Lord Buddha, uh, when stopped on the road, you know, that was probably a pretty charismatic guy. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. imagine Lord Buddha walking down the road in mm-hmm. some kingdom of ancient India. This happened. He walked around for decades mm-hmm. preaching, turning the wheel of the Dharma he would say traveling triangulating the various points the diamond of india Hmm. anyway this whole inspiring thing but uh they would say who are you Uh, people would ask him straight up like who are you like what
0: yeah you have like two thousand
1: people following him like what are you who are you you know and it's not like they didn't have like a web page or something no one knew he would, either, he would never say, I am Lord Buddha. <laughs> That's not what he would say. He would say either, I am awake. That's one way he would answer. Or he would say, I am Tathagata. Tathagata means thus gone. Mm. In short, I'm not here. I'm not. Mm. I'm not this. I'm not what you see. You see something, that's not what I am. So, uh, this is what they mean when they say it's inconceivable. Because we see a person that seems to be functioning. Mm-hmm. I've been in Costco with Swamiji. Checking out, buying, checking out at the checkout counter. <laughs> I've been in airports with him. I've watched him go through security. You know what I mean? like I, Apparently normally functioning. You know, Slightly better dressed than everybody else slightly nicer, more dapper look than everybody else in his party and than any of us. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like fully, fully functioning, highly successfully. And yet, if you really press a self-realized master, they're they're saying nothing's happening for me. Mm. I am not here. So, yeah. And that's
0: one that... um, Would he also say objectively none of this is happening?
1: Yes. He, he'll say that in certain contexts also. He'll say, yeah, none of this ever happened. Never started. No, but right. Swamiji, what about the world? Never happened. What about the dream world? That's what he'll keep saying. Right. What about the dream world? You can say all that in the dream to the dream right. guru. Same stuff. Hey, but this table is real.
0: In the Oh, dream. dude, I remember the guy's jacket last night. Yeah. Or this morning. I remember, like, oh, he looks fit. Mm. Like, I remember that degree of, not, not, it wasn't a conscious, like, oh, he looks, but just like, oh, person's name. Mm. I'll say it. Owen looks good. Mm. Okay, how's this interaction going to go? Like, down to the, I could remember the, just the look of the material of his uh like sweatshirt underneath the jacket
1: amazing huh it's a nice sweatshirt yeah
0: and yet yeah it never happened
1: an entire projection of your mind for like maybe 10 seconds just before you woke up Mm -hmm. that whole world like nothing just Mm -hmm. nothing just a a a breeze a bubble in the ocean Mm -hmm. just for a second existed and popped after a wave went by this is what he'll say the whole universe is and there and i was
0: so into that dynamic it was really the the visceral memory of it it wasn't such an interesting dynamic it was just whoa that felt so real mm-hmm. and this was happening mm-hmm. ostensibly mm-hmm. this universe was happening mm-hmm. at the same time mm-hmm. and i was completely oblivious to no it wasn't yeah
1: no it wasn't that's the. That's the right.
0: Thing. That's the Vedantic viewpoint, yeah, wait,
1: isn't it? That- it only is happening because you're here now. Mm. The dream world exists. When the dream world exists, there's no other world. When mm. the deep sleep, you're in the deep sleep. There's no other world. Mm. There's no worlds at all. There's just nothing. Mm. And you say, "No, no," but I'm here now, and I know that I slept in that bed. Yeah, the waker knows that. Mm. But you have no way of knowing that that um, didn't start the moment your eyes opened. You have no idea that this is not the first time you and I met. You have no Mm -hmm. idea. You could have come with programming of our surf session this morning if you took a nap this afternoon.
0: Dude, for sure. I mean, that dream was probably 10 seconds, and yet there was no question, doubt, confusion of where I was coming to see this Mm -hmm. guy, Owen, Mm -hmm. where I'd come from. It all made perfect sense. Mm Mm-hmm. There was, there was no event before it, and yet it made perfect sense that I was seeing him in the Yeah, no, there was.
1: Place. See, you say there was no event before it. That's, that's the rub. And you think you remember how solid it was. You have no idea. Mm. He, Swami says all the time, he says, if you, if you actually, like you're talking now about how real it was, he says, if you really knew how real it was, you would be an instant self-realized person. Oh, wow. Because you would, you would know how unreal this waking state is right now. That we're so bought into. That you've got things to do later. I've got things to do later. I have a talk in the morning. I have to get ready for you, you have this, you have that. And we're bought into our, our lives as wakers. Like fully. We're mm-hmm. locked in mentally, you know. He, he, so you, the, what you just said kind of betrayed that. That you were like, no, no, uh, I, I know nothing happened before. No your dreamer not james whoever he was Mm -hmm. or she could be anything whatever your dreamer was whoever it was if you had asked them how old are they they would have its full and detailed history as you have right and their universe and the big bang in their universe or whatever other stupid false creation theory they have like yeah it it is
0: like a path that sets that uh it's not awake behind the boat it's more like a path that just unfolds with each step of, mm-hmm. yeah, had you asked me, mm-hmm. my mind would have projected anything yeah. to make sense. of Because it all made sense. Yes. And yet, I don't remember what happened before. There was no like lights on, camera action, and then I'm in the scene. There, it, there was this continuum that I felt like I was on. Of
1: course. Just like you feel now like it's right. a continuum now. Right. You feel like we...
0: And had you asked the dreamer, Dreamer James would have said, "Well, of course I'm coming from, the-. and it was it would all uh, quote unquote make sense and total unfold,
1: sense. total sense, and, and really it just came a, from the grocery store. It's a bubble in the ocean."
0: Hmm.
1: Atma boda literally describes the whole creation as a bubble in the ocean. Imagine the vastness of the ocean, and some fish under the water, like out in the middle of the Pacific, um, blows out some air. Whatever they do. I don't know what fish do. And like somehow some material, gaseous material comes to the surface and makes a bubble. He says this is the this is what we believe in. This whole universe is. Forget my world and your world. He's saying that's the whole universe. It's like actually there's nothing in it. It's completely hollow. And the even the bubble part of it is nothing but the ocean. Just mm-hmm. for a second sort of separated but actually never separated it's just the ocean it's ocean and ocean and ocean Mm. everything and this is all just consciousness nothing else in the nama rupa name and form in different names and forms and you wake up and you'll have the, the people who have realized the self have exactly the same relationship with this world relationship with their former desires Relationship with their personality that you do with whoever that was that was dreaming last night about the guy in a coat. Mm. Just like the ocean. Imagine the ocean for a second believes it's the bubble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like gets into bubble consciousness. <laughs> and it's like, whoa. And it is instantly all of a sudden like half the planet <laughs> when, it, when the bubble pops. Is every realization...
0: you know there are there's there are no realizations i guess in this uh absolute terms Um, because there was no ignorance and an unfolding of events of ignorance it never happened it's like the dream but i was going to say in this bubble analogy maybe there's infinite bubbles and in these infinite realizations are they all instantaneous like waking up from a dream is so instantaneous. yeah. And yet from this side, which we talk quite a bit about just the two levels, the relative and the mm-hmm. absolute, mm-hmm. from the relative side, it feels like it's work. right? Like it is immense work. There's only you.
1: There's only you. This I've heard Swami look at people and say many times. No, no, but what about my friends? What about my family? What about everyone else? Like, what, what, what about when they, can they also realize the self? What happens to, what about everybody else? There is only you. There's only one self. It's not, you can't even call it one. It's non-dual. It's advaita. There's only one waker that project, because that guy you dreamt of last night is from the waker's mind. Just as is the guy you thought you were. Yeah, Those come together. The dream world and the dreamer arise simultaneously Mm. out of the waker's mind. The truth is, that whole experience, everything in that world, that continuum that you talked about, all of that is only the waker's mind. All of it. Every piece of it. Every piece of furniture in it. Every star in the dream world. Every piece of carpet. Every... Every bird in the dream,
0: but that sweatshirt material had to been real.
1: Yeah, man, it was
0: so nice. I believe real soft, maybe cashmere. That's what we say. Brown.
1: That wave today was real, man. Mm. (laughs) It's just you. There's no so there can't. There's no multiple realization. There's no. There's no like one guy popping up his head above the cloud over there, and another guy popping up his head above the cloud over there. Maybe what's up, man? No. The self, singular realizes the self singular James doesn't realize the self Joseph doesn't realize the self James and the James's world came together right the dreamer didn't wake up right Joseph and Joseph's world they all these things vamus they fold back in, in, in self realization is what Swami says that's the phrase he uses they fold back the waker and the waking world fold back to reveal the supreme consciousness. I can hear him saying in my, in my head as I talk mm-hmm. about it, it's great, you know? That all that's left is that one inconceivable, far too simple to ever be understood, singular, non-dual, infinite, perfect, absolute consciousness. So yeah, two guys, two self-realized people meeting is like space meeting space. I don't know, somewhere I read that. That's a great idea. Nothing and nothing. Space meeting space. There's only one space. We think there's so many spaces. This room space, that room space, my house space, your house space, the neighbor's house space, the other neighbor's Outer house space. space. Australian space. airspace. Yeah. Inner space, outer space space. There's only one big space in reality. That's it.
0: So in this, there's so much there that I want to just leave mm. thought space for all of us. So maybe I'll leave some thought space and then ask the next question. So there's only you the capital Y, not the James you, not you the listener that was just five seconds after being born, given a name and a nationality and a religious worldview and then you spend the rest of your life defending these decisions, mm-hmm. not even cosmic decisions, just decisions that people in a room made <clears throat> for you mm-hmm. that you didn't make. Behind all of that, there's the real you, and that's the, <laughs> the, in terms of continuous study, the oldest philosophy in the world, as mm-hmm. said, mm-hmm. for thousands of years, and and yet, we don't see that, it's that ignorance, this stream of ignorance, this veil of ignorance that keeps us from that realization is that synonymous with that strong thought flow that Mm -hmm. is desire yeah that ignorance is
1: that is that strong the desire is a product of the ignorance Mm. the ignorance of the self is a a thing it's inconceivable also both ends of the spiritual path are inconceivable The the pure ignorance that limited the consciousness in the first place can't be understood. Likewise, the liberation from the limitation, what we call spiritual enlightenment, nirvana, moksha, liberation, whatever. Heaven. Whatever, yeah. That cannot be also understood with the intellect. So we don't know. There is a fundamental ignorance somehow. Out of that ignorance emerged the desire. So uh, ignorance per se... Is not desire, desire comes out of ignorance, because naturally, the thing is you are infinite that's your nature that's everyone's nature, so the, again, the great Ramatirtha he used to say, any craving for power is really just a, a a misguided attempt to get to your true nature, which is all power mm. any any attempt to collect more of the world is really to to get to your all pervasiveness you know no one will rest content stop anybody on the street and ask them are you just this person no one will be like no no yeah i'm just this Hmm. no one if they do they're just being smart in their heart of hearts they're not actually no one will agree that i'm just like a person i think about this all the time in like shoot 'em movies like jason bourne and and statham and stuff where like 800 people die in a movie you know I, i'm not saying i enjoy them but i'm I'm saying like my god like a whole universe just died every every bad guy that got shot around the corner you know mm-hmm. <laughs> who always missed those guys those are like full on universes full of, universes of people you know i mean it, of of ideas and 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 fullness and everything um so yeah and so that ignorance then is the
0: canvas or the the background of these strong thought flows. That yeah, is their relationship in that they take you further away. Yes, from ignorance or that takes you deeper into that, yeah. that hole of ignorance. And yeah,
1: yeah. So that that it is extroversion. This is a good point to come to. Really, the way to find the self is to go within. Seek the kingdom of heaven within yourself. The kingdom of heaven is within you, all that. Uh, that is where you go to directly attain union with your infinite nature, is within you. This is what all traditions have said. There's no. It can't be perceived externally. It can't be felt externally. It can't be heard externally. It can't be seen. It's not like something you. Some mountain that you get a glimpse of and you attain liberation. It's not like that. These things may be inspiring, but all of them say that it is to be experienced within yourself as yourself. It is a self-cognizing entity, cognized by itself. And your uh, individual soul is itself and directly that totality. And that is where you've got to look to find it. And only a quiet, peaceful, basically desireless mind can do that. Otherwise, the moment we wake up, until the moment we sleep, our minds are out, looking out into the world to fulfill this sense of lack that is desire. That Well, the sense of lack is there, that desire yeah, emerges from. The word from. to, want, to is, want
0: is to lack. Yeah. It's definitionally, yeah.
1: It's just a lack. So, um, Extroversion in that way, the more powerful the desire gets, the more you're pushed into the world and not capable of going within. In that way, it separates you from your true Godhead, your mm-hmm. true nature.
0: And then is there a mature, that's the immature relationship with desire, the external pursuit, the extroversion, the uh, notion it's out there Mm. my completeness is out there the kingdom of heaven is out there is the mature relationship it is within and to utilize that desire for your evolution is there a notion of utilizing desire in a healthy way within vedanta
1: uh some of them the higher ones the ones that are unselfish and selfless So we all have different types of desires, plenty of selfish desires, for sure. And then we have more generous, unselfish desires for the betterment of others. And then we have the desire for desirelessness, if we're lucky, if it comes into our conscious. Everyone has it somewhere inside themselves, the desire to reach their original nature. So the most mature thing would be to just do that. If you have the desire for desirelessness, stop everything else and do that. That's the straight, direct path to the truth. And that's what you really want. Hmm. No, no, but what about this? What about that? All is taken care of. There's only you. Everything is taken care of. Every last I is dotted, T is crossed, not is done. Everything is done when a person realizes the self. No, but I have responsibilities. I have duties. I have this. I have that. We all. So... Only the rare few can just say, okay, I'm just going to sit in pure contemplation of the reality and get to it. I mean, that. if you're asking, like, that's the most mature relationship to desire is to stop feeding them completely and only entertain the desire for reality. Hmm. That's the most mature, spiritually speaking. Extremely rare. Not recommended, but I should, probably shouldn't even mention it.
0: Not recommended.
1: No, I mean, it's just not possible. It's like It's like saying... Fly. Fly, or, or telling a 16 year old or 26 year old who's never played tennis, like, if you try hard, you can be Novak Djokovic next mm-hmm. year. No, you can't. You cannot. You and I can never go rip up the waves in Malibu the way someone is who grew up when they're four years old on that spot. You know, it's not, mm-hmm. it's not happening. You got to be realistic. So, for most of us, we've got to identify the noble, higher uh desires that we have if we have any <laughs> and pursue those and surrender to those and guide those with the intellect to the idea no doubt of eventually getting rid of all desires that's the highest goal self-realization if we can't relate to that if we don't know if no if a person doesn't know what we're talking about the last hour then it, we can focus on some cause something beyond ourselves our community our nation our state or something that uh, like our friend today who we met who is running a nonprofit. he doesn't have to do it he's helping veterans look at that like why is he doing that he's he, he, i don't know we didn't ask him but uh it could be that he was sick of his own personal selfish desires who knows in his heart of hearts or it could just be that he got inspired but by serving that cause that he's serving taking care of veterans in various ways really great thing he was telling us about he will displace his lower selfish desires because he's not feeding them. He's not giving them any attention, which will allow him to grow spiritually, allow him to be less extroverted either immediately or at some point in the future. Um, if we can't conceive of, if we're like, no, no, I think life is just about my own satisfaction, my own pleasure, and you know but something is bugging you in your conscience that maybe there's these guys, what they're talking about, there's something there. Then we would say study more, just continue doing whatever you're doing, enjoying yourself, feeding your desires, go ahead, but start reading some of these higher values and reflecting upon it. Slowly, you'll realize that it is, uh, there's something to it. And feed that self-analysis versus yeah, self-analysis. Whatever yeah.
0: could numb that self-analysis.
1: Yeah, like follow that little, that little conscience, that little bird that's saying, yeah, I don't know, I'm acting like my life is great just chasing name, fame, family position, money, status, but there's actually something more. So you know what I mean? So it may take a while to even like, get a conscious beat on a higher desire. If a person's completely in, uh, lost in desire... I don't think they'll be listening to this. Mm. I mean, I don't know unless it just happens to be on and they somehow. And like the, the, their podcast player just happened to play it for them, but it won't do anything because the desire is too, uh, too, too strong. It will take time. Mm. It will take time for them to, uh, go through experiences, go through enough ups and downs of life and suffering. And that it just, It'll take time. Mm. And then eventually, when, as soon as the person's like, wait, what is this all about? Like, God, what? Not that they say it out loud, but to themselves, eventually just like, what am I doing? Like, what, it, what is this machine I'm in? Like, what, mm-hmm. is this, what is this cycle I'm on all the time of up and down and pain and pleasure and joy and sorrow? And like, I don't, I don't want to keep doing this, you know? Then a person kind of becomes more ripe. So uh anywhere in there that uh we can start identifying with and pursuing the higher thoughts and desires and inclinations that we have we should uh because the lower falls off and it it it's initially daunting because we all have naturally many more lower tendencies than we do higher we j- we're just made that way that's why every epic is like um, the rebel forces had like ten ships, and they're all beaters, and like you know, they're all <laughs> they had no uniforms, every but had their own rags to wear, you know. But the Empire had like you know triangular mega ships and like Death Stars, and they all had really cool uniforms that matched, you know, and legions and legions. They represent mm-hmm. all the negative desires. The the, the 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 higher desires, the nobler ones, are always at least at the beginning of the epics. Weaker, smaller, mm-hmm. underdogs. So we got to encourage them. The Pandavas. Pandavas and Kauravas. Uh, hobbits and orcs. You <laughs> know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it goes on. There's only so many stories ever. you know. So much to reflect
0: on. Um, I think it's, I think we'll end it here. And for those that are that any of this resonated with you. As we've said in in previous podcasts, it's reflection is 100,000 times more powerful than just listening. So just hearing this, if it resonated with you, reflect on it, write it down. Think about any of it, it could have been just one line in the first five minutes, but uh, there's so much in here that I'm going to reflect on. Thank you, Joseph.
1: Yeah, man, and we should mention the you know for those who are interested, as we mentioned, the book Vedanta Treatise mm-hmm. is a great intro. is the magnum opus that co- contains all of this knowledge, especially some of this subtle stuff we're talking about. It's much better explained in Vedanta Treatise than was done here. So
0: now there's phenomenal on ramp to that. Yeah, but yeah, I think it, yeah. you gave all of us so much to think about.
1: Yeah, so Vedanta Treatise, we recommend. Uh, it's on Amazon, all these places. Swami Parta, A. Uh That's our guru. And, and the first person to DM gets a copy from first me. First person to DM gets a And that's free like a $50 copy. book. So. That, that's a gift, James. That's, hats off, man. And, um, and uh, for those who may be really serious, there's e-learning, which the link is in the top of yfyi.co. Where you can do the entire three-year course that we do at Vedanta Academy, and you get all the answers to all of it. So
0: that's uh, a new thing. It's only been <clears throat> available the last few years. So it's a great, it's a wonder. Thank you, Joji. All right, brother. Woo! That episode was fantastic. And if you are digging yoga for your intellect and want to introduce this philosophy to your co-workers and your team, well, Joseph and I are down to come visit, basically an in-person YFYI, come visit with you and your team. In the same way that you might invite a yoga instructor for a team-building event, we're willing to come to your office and talk to your team as well. We can do it over Zoom as well. It is, uh, it's whatever makes sense, but uh, we're even down to do it in person. And that is just in line with the mission of making this philosophy available and accessible to all those that seek it. Joseph and I would love to come talk with you and your team about Yoga for Your Intellect, and that really comes from my perspective of running businesses for the last 15 years and just knowing, man, it was about 10 years ago I was running a 50-person company, led to a trip to the ER, ERs drinking seven cups of coffee a day to try to stay on top of everything, Um, trip to the ER with a heart condition needless to say it was a very very stressful extremely stressful time in life and that business ultimately failed and 10 years later I sit here and, and get to have these conversations with with Joseph while running two companies and and a venture fund each day just feels like it's a hot knife through butter I have not had a single day of stress in the last six, seven years of building multiple companies and and multiple venture funds. It's truly remarkable and I know that it's not me or the businesses that are different than 10 years ago, but it's my approach to each day and quite literally to the start to the day because every day starts with this philosophy for me. And we want to share it with your team. For me, it feels like an obligation of sorts and a loud siren saying that teams and companies around the globe need to hear this. So if you're interested, email us at, this is the key thing, email us at yoga intellect at gmail.com. That's yoga at gmail.com. Use the email address in the show notes and we would love to come chat with you and your team.